Hi, I'm Kristen. Thanks so much for anyone who's tuning in or anyone who shared the podcast. I appreciate it more than you know, and I'm excited to dive into some new topics. So here we are back in the Bravoverse to dig into our community's latest brewing scandal. So this story also gives us the opportunity to look at some major astrological events throughout July and hopefully better understand what's happening in the sky through the people and stories we've gotten to know on television. Just as the flames of Scandal were reduced to embers, Andy lights a match and here we are, refreshed and ready as ever for some new gossip. And I hesitated to do this podcast because things are so uncertain, but alas, here we are. And I think it's a good opportunity to get to know these signs better as well as the astrological transits that will be affecting us all on different levels. It appears that our homecoming king and queen of Beverly Hills are reportedly calling it quits, and then reportedly not, and then posted a vague Instagram clarification, then asked us not to speculate. So that's what we're going to do, kind of, because this is how we spend our days. And what we can do in good conscience is speculate astrologically. So not labeling anyone or anything or making assumptions that are perhaps damaging or harmful to any parties involved. Also, this is the sort of cynic, skeptic in me. Scandal was an organic cultural phenomenon that other struggling franchises would do well to take note of. That's not to say that Kyle and Mauricio are taking a page and profiting from their WeHo neighbors playbook, but anything is possible and we must keep our wits about us. So let's turn to the sky for some answers surrounding this scandal, how that affects each of the main players and key components of their charts that may help us better understand what the hell is going on. So in the spirit of mysticism, we're going to turn the clocks back 13 years to season one, episode nine of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, titled The Dinner Party from Hell, where we meet Allison Dubois, our OG vape queen, psychic medium, friend of Camille, the quote, young and fun, clairvoyant maniac who drunkenly rattles a table of strangers with her predictions. And we hardly knew her, but she seemed to know everyone else and claim to have knowledge of how every woman would die, etc. That's, and I quote, what she loves about herself. We have a few in our Bravo vault whose 15 minutes were cut way too short, in my opinion, i.e. Laura Lee, Luann's producers, the homeless not toothless gals, Danny Provenzano, the list goes on and on. Allison is among them, and in my opinion, more influential than the rest. I haven't lost you (laughs) or if you haven't watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills since day one allow me to quickly fill you in. So 13 years ago Kelsey Grammer of Frasier fame and Camille Grammer of Club MTV fame developed a scripted TV series called Medium with Alison Dubois a real-life psychic medium who solves crimes by speaking with the dead. Alison was played by Patricia Arquette And in my opinion, it's an underrated series for the spooky inclined. So Alison Dubois, the Grammar's co-EP, loyal friend and inspiration for their now defunct series, arrived on the scene and never really left, at least in spirit. 
Truly a superstar shit stirrer, her impression is so long-lasting that our literal impressions of her have become a staple in my friends and my language. So puffing on an early e-cig prototype in one hand and balancing a colossal-sized martini glass in the other, she went around the table essentially saying horrible things to and about everyone, their marriages, and their futures. When pressed further by the wide-eyed group, she revealed herself behind a cloud of e-smoke, replying, I'm off the clock. This is personally one of my all-time favorite scenes of any housewife franchise. So Kyle's frenemy, mostly enemy at the time, was hostess Camille Grammer, who devilishly smiled at her dinner guests while her psychic medium, guest of honor, essentially destroyed the other ladies' hopes and moods and made them all fearful for their lives. And when it was Kyle's turn in the prickly hot seat, she asked Allison if she can tell her something that's, quote, not scary. To which Allison replies, that's not scary? Oh, but what I want to tell you might be irritating to you. The words that followed cemented Alison Dubois in reality TV history forever. <laughs> so when referring to Kyle's husband, Mauricio, Alison assuredly tells Kyle, quote, he will never emotionally fulfill you, ever. Know that. Then, in conclusion, she tells a whole table that, quote, as soon as the kids are bigger, they'll have nothing in common. It was a stunning prediction for so many reasons. Firstly, friend of O.J. Simpson, the morally corrupt Faye Resnick takes the floor in Kyle's defense, shouting, I disagree. Secondly, the psychic medium is clearly blackout drunk. And thirdly, there is not a more seemingly solid couple than Kyle and Mauricio. And yet, the cutting words of Alison Dubois seem to ring true over a decade later. 2023 seems to be the year of vindication for our shunned queens, including Miss Mariposa Doty. So what is happening astrologically that's contributing to all these scandals and splits? That's a Kyle joke for the fans. Context for all others. At every dinner party, Kyle Richards inevitably gets very drunk and starts doing splits on the floor, gymnastic splits for the crowd, regardless of the venue or occasion. So back to astrology. Let's start with July 3rd, 2023, a very important day in this saga so far. So on Monday, July 3rd, we not only had the full supermoon in Capricorn, but we got the shocking announcement by People Mag claiming to quote, exclusively report Kyle and Mauricio's impending split. Camelot is over, my friends. And this announcement is quite significant. People Mag is known for publishing confirmed stories typically sent by the star's own publicist. And this was super confusing since one day later, Kyle and Mauricio both posted on social media denying the rumors of a divorce, though never mentioned anything about separation. So to get ourselves familiar with the main players here, Kyle Richards is a Capricorn and her husband of 27 years, Mauricio, is a Cancer. They're 180 degrees away from one another in that wheel. So this means that they're each in one another's seventh house of partnership. This is a good match, but every diamond has its flaws. A full moon in Capricorn 
Kyle, during cancer season, Mauricio is very significant for this couple. And we'll get into all that, but first, let's acquaint ourselves with the main signs that we're dealing with in this saga. So like we've mentioned, Kyle and Mauricio's sun signs, Capricorn and Cancer, are opposite one another on the wheel, meaning they're technically a match, romantically, emotionally compatible. Again, it's that seventh house of partnership that we're seeing at play. Interesting though, Capricorn is traditionally paternal energy and Cancer is traditionally more maternal energy. So we're seeing a little bit of a switch here in terms of roles traditional roles. Let's talk a little bit about their sun sign compatibility. Cancer and Capricorn are the epitome of opposites attract. One balances the other and provides qualities that the other may lack. Both of these signs hold one another to really high standards through mutual respect. Cancer is thoughtful, considerate, and their constant care and affection can gradually take down Capricorn's tall emotional walls. Capricorn, on the other hand, will provide the crab with quiet yet consistent companionship, which is everything that a Cancer longs for. So let's get into some of these pros. Cancer is a dedicated lover, while Capricorn is a reliable partner. Together, they build a stable and secure bond. They begin to trust one another, and then a strong mutual belief develops between the two. Cancer is a super intuitive sign, while Capricorn relies on cold logic to make all of its decisions. Together, they can balance each other out and bring completely different outlooks and energies to the table, and it sometimes just works really well. Once Cancer and Capricorn commit to one another, they typically will take the relationship with extreme seriousness. Every coin has two sides. So let's talk a little bit about the cons of a Capricorn Cancer relationship. So Capricorn is a quiet sign and does not like to show its emotions very often. And Cancer is sentimental and thus can get negatively affected by the Capricorn goat refusal to express freely. The Cancer crab's emotional dependence might frustrate the practical and no-nonsense Capricorn over time. Capricorn could be sometimes a little too straightforward and pragmatic for a Cancer. Cancers like to rely on intuition. They sort of feel their way through situations. If Cancer sort of explains their feelings and can't back it up with logic, that's super frustrating for Capricorn, for Earth signs in general. That covers Capricorn and Cancer just in terms of like general traits of the sign. Again, there's a a sliding scale to all of this and every sign expresses itself in a number of ways. So we're just sort of painting with a broad stroke here, but for the sake of understanding what's going on. So let's look into the sun sign compatibility between Kyle, Capricorn's son, and her very close friend, Morgan Wade, Sagittarius' son. We really have no idea what the relationship is between these two. Either way, it seems like they're close, so we can figure out how those energies play off one another. Sagittarius can be fiery, extravagant, extroverted, and is extremely different from the grounded, reliable, reticent Capricorn. And this is interesting because Sagittarius on the wheel comes right before Capricorn. Sagittarius, late November, December, is right before Capricorn, late December, January. These two signs are basically when an unstoppable force, Sagittarius, 
meets an immovable object, Capricorn. And so while both of these signs operate at different speeds, they may have differing beliefs and opinions, but they also can really learn a lot from one another during the time they spend with each other. So with Capricorn and Sag, we see work versus play, optimism versus realism, which can create tension between the two. In this scenario, Sagittarius is the playful, optimistic one, and Capricorn is the realist. Many times, Sagittarius will be in the mood for socializing, traveling, engaging in some form of entertainment, while Capricorn feels that there are responsibilities that need to be taken care of first. Capricorn can then feel that Sagittarius is too irresponsible, inconsiderate, and immature, while Sagittarius may feel that Capricorn is boring. Don't shoot the messenger. This is simply how the energies may reflect off one another. So Sagittarius is prone to fits of optimism and is inclined to gamble and speculate, whereas Capricorn prefers a well-thought-out, clear, foolproof, practical plan. Capricorn is more inclined to be serious toward the relationship and wants a secure, committed love life, while Sagittarius wants more space, freedom, and has just more of like an impulsive will in general. Okay, so now that we have those sort of basics laid out, let's talk about the full moon on July 3rd and how that energy affects these guys throughout the month and beyond, really. Not only was this a full moon, it was a super moon, meaning its orbit brings the moon closer to Earth, thus heightening its effects. Astronomically, a full moon occurs when the moon is directly opposite the sun and its orbit around Earth. Spiritually speaking, that opposition shows up between yin and yang, light and dark. It makes a potent time for surrender and a heightened sense of emotionality. You may notice around a full moon that you get a little bit more dramatic, let's say. Full moons are synonymous with closure and endings of cycles, habits, relationships, especially related to the two signs at play. In this case, Capricorn, Kyle, and Cancer, Mauricio. The full moon calls us to release negative or stagnant energy. The light of the moon draws out what needs addressing and urges us to take action to purge or correct what we need to face head on. What does this month's full moon in Capricorn mean for someone who is a Capricorn? During this time, Capricorns are being called to honor their sense of authority and perhaps even communicate this truth with a significant other. And this is true of wherever Capricorn shows up in your chart. July's super full moon in Capricorn is in the first house of self, giving Capricorns permission to make themselves the star of their own worlds. Essentially, this moon is about Capricorns' wants and needs. And this may also mark an extremely important turning point in Capricorns' relationships. They can feel more empowered to state their needs, set new rules, expectations, or boundaries. I feel like this is kind of what we're seeing here. Again, this applies to wherever Capricorn is in your chart, and it's also a time to celebrate the things that make you weird or different, or it's a time to be more aligned with a more authentic version of yourself. And this not only benefits you, but everyone around you as well. And it's a time for Capricorns, or 
wherever Capricorn is in your chart, to be real with themselves and figure out if the connection they're trying to keep alive is even still breathing. This is not to say that two people may not love each other anymore. In fact, they may love each other very much, knowing that the healthiest move is to, well, move on from the connection. As the Astro Twins so wisely remind us, sometimes love means knowing when to let go. If things are meant to be, you'll cross paths again. Let life unfold naturally and trust that the universe will steer you in the right direction. So we covered what this full moon means for Capricorns. Let's get into what it means for Cancers because this is a full moon happening during Cancer season. Just like Capricorns, Cancers are also dealing with these themes of, quote, me versus we. Only for Cancers, it's about the we, not the me. So again, the full moon in Capricorn is resting in Cancer's seventh house of partnership and is putting a magnifying glass on Cancer's closest relationships. It sort of asks Cancers to reconsider whether or not they're being reciprocal or if they feel like a relationship is for the highest good. And this is extremely difficult for Cancers who are traditionally very much about their home and family. Cancers are sentimental. They hold on to things and people with the vice grip of their claws. Cancers can even hold grudges longer than their sister sign, Scorpio, who will not only sting you, but snip you if you attempt to pry anything from their grasp. Cancers are much more about holding firm. This is a time for Cancers to really take stock of their closest bonds and figure out if these bonds are adding to their happiness or they feel depleting. It's a great time to reflect on give and take and figure out if there is an even exchange here. As the stars show us, it's an extremely potent time for Cancers and Capricorns to make really tough decisions about what and who makes them happy. It's not easy or pleasant, but it's ultimately for the best. And again, these themes hold true for the rest of us as well. However, it's a more concentrated energy for anyone who has strong Capricorn or Cancer placements. Time will tell if these two, Kyle and Mauricio, will make it through. But in the meantime, we have a wild card in the mix, Morgan Wade. So who the hell is Morgan Wade? Well, Morgan Wade is a country singer and companion of Kyle Richards, who is possibly, possibly a player in Kyle and Mauricio's potential split. And again, I've been reluctant to record this episode since we don't want to speculate based off rumors. And with each passing day, we get more conflicting info. So let's just stick to the astrology. So as we talked about, Morgan Wade is a Sagittarius, meaning that this is a time for her to reflect on what makes her feel financially secure. So how this full moon is affecting her is it's igniting her second house of values finances, and growing her assets. Right now, it's unclear if this friendship is purely a friendship or if Kyle is somehow financially attached to Morgan's career and success. In other words, for us jaded, savvy audience members, we question the real motives behind all of this recent media hoopla. So the next important date we have on the cosmic docket is July 17th, 2023. And this is when the North Node enters Aries. Let's talk about what a North Node is. The North and South Nodes are also known as Lunar Nodes. And they're celestial points, they're not physical objects, that not only reveal your purpose in this lifetime, 
but also the driving force behind it. So sometimes you'll hear these referred to as the nodes of fate. So the north node is where you're going in life, and the south node is where you're coming from. Karmically, south node is that energy that you've already sort of mastered, and the north node is the energy you need to embrace in order to evolve. So because the north and south nodes are mirror images, exactly 180 degrees on the map of the sky, they'll always occupy opposite zodiac signs and astrological houses. So for example, now that the north node is entering Aries on July 17th, the south node is entering Libra, exactly six signs away on that 12 sign wheel. So in your natal chart, if your south node is in Libra, your north node will be in Aries. And the themes in your life will relate to collaboration, Libra, and independence, Aries. Which means you're most likely working on overcoming your natural people-pleasing tendencies right this second to advocate what you really want. So what does this have to do with Kyle drama? Well, Kyle's north node happens to be in Aries. And Aries and Libra are, again, very similar to Cancer and Capricorn in that they're the sign of me versus the other. When the north node is in Aries and the south node is in Libra, collectively and as part of a natal chart, there's a need to be more self-reliant here. So this would be a chance for Aries natal north nodes, including Kyle, to learn to not let their partnerships define them. And the upcoming 18-month transit will help us find the middle ground between showing up for ourselves and having healthy boundaries, Aries, and having mutually beneficial relationships, Libra. The lunar nodes will highlight a certain pair of houses, the houses where you have Aries and Libra in your own chart that need rebalancing. So the last significant astrological transit that we'll cover for July is July 22nd, 2023, and that's when Venus retrogrades in Leo. This is important because Mauricio has Venus in Leo. So every 18 months, Venus turns retrograde. It's a cycle that has its pros and cons. As we talked about in an earlier episode, retrograde is really a time to revisit those re-words. So revise, recalibrate, uh, restructure, whatever the case is. So this can really help us cool down and reconfigure any messy parts of our love lives. On the downside, a Venus retrograde can exhume ghosts of relationships past, or you may get ghosted just when things are heating up. So long lost lovers may reunite but struggle to find their footing, or it could be a time for a sequel. With Mauricio's Venus and the very public razzle-dazzle sign of Leo, This is super important to take note of. It means big changes for him and his love life. So in closing, I want to go back to Morgan really quickly. This isn't a transit that's affecting all of us, but it's very specific to her. So Morgan has Saturn in Pisces, which means she's currently going through her Saturn return. And this spells a lot of life lessons. This happens every 29.4 years. For context, Raquel is also going through her Saturn 
return. As we mentioned in the last podcast, as it related to the orcas, the last time Saturn was in Pisces was from 1993 to 1996. 1996 is the year that Kyle and Mauricio married. When the planet of maturity and hard knocks, Saturn, enters the sign of escapism and dreaminess, Pisces, it can turn your life upside down. Everything that was helping you escape reality will either be harshly taken away from you or you'll suddenly wake up to realize that what you considered joy was actually ruining your life. This is why Saturn returns are no joke. It does not come to play. (laughs) And the biggest effect Saturn and Pisces will have on all of us will be a sense of disillusionment. A lot of people find that their tastes and interests change during a Saturn transit in Pisces. Saturn in Pisces makes you want to see sort of like the seedy underbelly of the world. You no longer want to be treated like a child who needs censored words. Pisces is the most spiritual zodiac sign, and when Saturn transits through Pisces, it brings up a lot of questions about our spiritual beliefs and where we stand with respect to it. So I hope all of this helps in better understanding the energies and players at play. If you want to talk about it or if you have any questions, reach out. And until next time, thanks!